coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast today. So today's episode is going to make a lot more sense if you listen to the last episode. Because today's episode, I'm talking about chapter 13 out of my 30-part series from my book, Who's Buying You Until You Sell Yourself, You Won't Sell Much. The, the chapter title for today is Think Long Term. The chapter title of chapter 12, the last episode, was Think Long Term. And I started sharing a story in there uh, about a salesperson named Carl selling me some furniture. So I want, I'm going to pick up on that story in this episode. So if you're a new listener or for whatever reason you didn't hear the last episode, you may want to go back and grab that one and, and listen to it before listening to this one. But anyway, we're going to get started here today. So chapter 13, the title is Think Long Term. Subtitle, I Want Them to Buy From Me Again. So remember last time, it was short term, I want them to buy from me. This time, think long term, I want them to buy from me again. All right, so I got a long I got a long quote here. I'll tell you when I'm done with it to open up today's episode. And I do want to remind you, these episodes, if it's easier for you, some some people uh, have told me they like that that we are uploading these audio podcasts now on our Blue Collar Leadership YouTube channel. Not my personal channel or Rhea's personal channel, but the, that, the YouTube.com forward slash at symbol blue collar leadership on that channel you can also access these so just want to let you know back to the quote from stephen r covey he says this and we're talking about thinking long term we're talking about i want people to buy from me again here's what he says if i try to use human influence strategies and tactics tactics of how to get other people to do what i want to work better to be more motivated to like me and each other, while my character is fundamentally flawed, marked by duplicity or insincerity, then in the long run, I cannot be successful. My duplicity will breed distrust. And everything I do, even even using so-called good human relations techniques, will be perceived as manipulative. When he's talking about duplicity, he's talking about being two-faced. A lot of folks are two-faced. Doesn't matter if they're in professional sales role or not. There's a lot of two-faced people. Some people act one way at work, act one way at home. That's two-faced. Some people talk one way around some people and another way around other people. That's two-faced. There's a lot of ways you can be two-faced. A lot of ways, but that's a different. That's a that's a, that's a different. 
episode. I've talked about that previously in some other episodes, not the one really on the sales book, but I'm just helping you think about what he said in there. He said, my duplicity will breed distrust. And everything I do, even so-called good human relations techniques, will be perceived as manipulative. What he's saying is if I'm two-faced, I'm going to breed distrust. That's what happens. So let's talk back about Carl. I hope you I hope you have recently listened to the last episode. So 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 it kind of sticks with you. If not, you may want to go back and just fast forward to probably about the last 5 minutes of the last episode and you can pick up on that story about Carl. It may have been 10 minutes, but it's probably about the last 5 minutes. But Carl, I told you Carl is a true sales pro. He understands, or in that situation that happened back in 2015, he understood character-based influence. But what I know about Carl, if he understood it then, he still understands it. Carl was a motivator, not a manipulator. He got me fired up. And when a sales guy can get me fired up, he's a sales pro, I promise you. Like I said, I ain't got nothing against salespeople. I got something against bad salespeople. Just like I got something against people of poor character. I don't want them influencing me. And if they got poor character and they want help to develop high character, I got a high value for them people. I want to help them. But I'm talking about sales folks with poor character. That's needy and greedy. Just trying to get me to buy something I don't need or necessarily want. I, I don't I don't care for those folks. But salespeople like Carl, well, I like Carl. Carl was the real deal. But one thing I'll never know, Carl's, Carl's boss, the sales manager, he, he might not like what Carl was doing. But I like what Carl was doing. I'm still talking about him. He made a big impact that day, and I bought from him. But that might not be the sales script. That, that mo most salespeople, most sales managers, ain't going to tell the folks, when somebody's ready to buy from you, give them the name and address and directions to our our, our our closest three competitors and recommend they go check out their products before they buy ours. There ain't many sales managers going to say that, but a sales pro is going to do that because they ain't needy and they ain't greedy. And they're trying to help you, but he's, he's a living example of the principles I, I've been sharing. It's just one story. I bet if I really, really knew Carl, I could write an entire book about Carl. And if Carl wanted to write a book, and I don't know, maybe he has, he definitely should. I guarantee you Carl could write a better book for salespeople specifically than, than I could ever imagine writing. He's a living example of the principles I'm sharing. I went back to that story a while back, but I didn't see Carl, so I, I don't think he was there anymore. But if he was, I would have given him a copy of this book. And I would recommend that he need to write a book or do a podcast or do something. And maybe he's out there doing that. I just don't know it. But he, he had a gift for building relationships quickly with people and, and, and selling a product. But again, most sales managers, especially the amateur sales managers, they, they would, they would go completely against that. They would want him to follow, follow the script, be a sales puppet. Like I talked, taught you back in previous chapters, but Carl, see, 
Carl was thinking about the long-term relationship from the very start and wasn't going to change his long-term strategy based on the potential of short-term success. That's what sales pros do. Carl was a sales pro. Carl had secured the short-term sale. Don't miss that. I told him I wanted to buy the, the sofa and love seat, the furniture. He had secured the short-term sale. It was in the bag. However, he proceeded to leverage the opportunity to secure his future sales with us by making additional deposits into our emotional trust account by recommending we visit his competitors. Carl was authentically demonstrating he had our best interests in mind, not his own. It was obvious. It was 100% obvious. How could it not be? We said we wanted to buy it, and he told us to go to the competition, check them out first. If he's worried about him, he would have he would have went to selling, literally. He'd have went to processing us over at the counter. That was a big deal. Imagine the positive story. Both of us, mean meaning, uh, Rhea and I, told ourselves about Carl after that moment on that spot. I was telling myself some stories. I started when I went in the door, and and. And he didn't take us back to where the furniture was at was was. He 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 did what I asked, which was point us in the right direction. And left us alone. I started telling myself a good story about Carl then. Seems like I remember as we were walking back to the furniture to the, the sofas that I was telling Rhea, I like that guy already. But Carl had selfless character. I'm gonna tell you something about selfless character. If you're a professional salesperson, selfless character sales. But you're a professional buyer. You've been buying all your life. Everything I'm teaching you in this book, if you're not a professional salesman or person, or if you are, when you put on your buyer's cap, everything I'm teaching you in this book, you know you wish every salesperson that you met who was trying to sell you something was doing what I'm teaching you from this book. That's all you need to validate what I'm teaching you here. Especially if you're a professional salesperson, put your sale, put your buyer's hat on, put your buyer's hat on and listen to this episode and say, Oh yeah, that's the way I'd like my, see if you're telling yourself, yep, that's the way I'd like my salesperson to be. Yep. That's the way I'd like my salesperson to be. Yep. That's the way I'd like my salesperson to be. But then you got to look in the mirror and say, is that how I'm being? to the buyers that I interact with or potential buyers. But Carl had selfless character and selfless character sales. It also leads to a lot of positive word about the advertisement. Even if you don't get the current sale, it provides you with a potential opportunity for many future sales with the potential buyer in front of you and the potential buyers who will hear good things about you. That's long-term selling. That's long-term selling. If you just get to short-term sale and people feel pressured and then later they really don't want it, you ain't, get, you ain't getting some positive word of mouth. But if you focus on, if you focus on doing what you need to do to get the long-term sale, the odds significantly increase that you're going to get the short-term sale. 
See, Carl had common sense, but he also had a high degree of uncommon sense, which was evident from the moment we met him. He focused on making deposits in order to build trust for the short-term sale by listening to my every word and responding based on those words. I guarantee you, Carl's been reading leadership development books and personal growth books. I knew, I know he had retired, I think, from the Air Force. It's been a while since I talked with Carl but that day, but pretty sure he had retired from the Air Force. I don't remember if he was an officer or enlisted, but he, he was sharp. He carried himself well. If I had to guess the, the way his mannerism was and everything, he probably was an officer. Maybe he had a good retirement. That's why he wasn't needy and greedy. But I know a lot of people who got good retirement, they make bad choices, and, and they still needy and greedy. But Carl wasn't needy and greedy. For whatever reason, he wasn't needy and greedy. He, he pointed me in the right direction as I asked. He didn't lead me there. He understood I wanted to look around by myself without his assistance. He didn't bother us. He didn't hover nearby. I hate that when you tell somebody you just want to look and, and, and then they like trail you, you know, about 10, 15 feet back, following you everywhere you go. I, I can't stand it. Actually, if that happens, I, I usually turn around and leave. That, that's how bad their, their sales approach is that they're running off customers. Not everybody's like me, but I'm like me. But he understood I wanted to look around without any assistance. He didn't bother us. He didn't hover. He left us alone. All of this was very effective short-term selling. But it's also very effective long-term selling. You start to understand these principles, you start to understand they, they tie together and there's a synergy. The more of these principles you can learn to leverage, the, the greater the synergy, the greater the outcome you're going to get as a professional salesperson. And I'm sure Stephen R. Covey was thinking about intent when he said these words I'm about to share with you. This is what he said. He said, eventually, if there isn't deep integrity and fundamental character strength, the challenges of life will cause true motives to surface and human relationship failure will replace short-term success. You might want to hit rewind and listen to that one again. Pretty powerful. Those were the words of Stephen Covey, author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Carl made sure we understood he had deep integrity and strong character with his actions, not his words. I mean, his words aligned, but it was his actions that put his integrity and character on display. You know words don't mean a lot, but actions, they that they mean a lot. When you got the right words and the right actions, that's that's really a big deal. Majority of people, the words and the actions they don't match in life. They build a lot of they create a lot of distrust and display weak character. Don't have a lot of integrity, those folks. If you're in professional sales, your your reputation, your integrity, your character, all that stuff 
that's the key to your success right there. You got to be long-term selling. You got to position yourself financially so that you do not come across as needy and greedy because you are not needy and greedy. Go slow to go fast. If Carl had led us to the living room section of the store, that would have been an instant withdrawal. And you may be thinking this, that would have been a nice thing for him to do. Some sales managers would say, it's in the script. You stay with the customer from the moment they walk in the door. Be there to answer their questions and to sell the product. Show them you care. You care. Don't just walk away. In other words, a, sale, a sales manager thinking that would be saying follow the script like a good sales puppet and get good sales puppet results. But I didn't want him to stay with me, if you remember. He asked me, could he help me? And I told him if he could just point me in the direction of the sofas, I, I'd be, that'd make me happy. That's what he did. I didn't want him to stay with me. I didn't say, could you show me where they are at? I said, would you point me in the direction? I didn't want him to stay with me. Doing, staying with me would have shown me he didn't care about what I just said or that he wasn't listening. Because I clearly said I wanted him to leave us alone. I didn't ask him to lead us there. I wanted him to point us in the right direction. He actually listened, which resulted in a deposit. If he had not listened, it would have resulted in a withdrawal. And I'm talking about a deposit or a withdrawal into the, my, my emotional trust account. And then he also made another deposit by not bothering us. He made another deposit by not even paying any attention to us. He wasn't even worried about us. That's, that's a sales pro. But if I had asked him, to, to could you show me where the, the living room furniture was, and he had pointed me back there and, and didn't offer to take me back there, well, that would have been a withdrawal. What I'm saying is the salesperson needs to seek first to understand the customer, the buyer, and then deliver what the buyer wants. Be, be hypersensitive to what they're saying, what they're doing. So when my friend uh, Steve Lanot heard I was writing this book to help salespeople excel, I, I, met, I met Steve as part of the uh, Warden Exchange program. Rhea and I, for several years, three years or more, maybe four, I can't remember, we supported a prison warden, a prison warden program with prison wardens from all all type, different types of prisons across the United States. They went through a nine month program, and Rhea and I were a, a part of that. And we we spoke. Uh, we were in Ohio one year. We did some online stuff. We were in California another year speaking with them. Can't remember if, if there was any other places, but somewhere along the way we met Steve, and he found out what we were doing and. And when, when he saw that I was writing this book, this sales book to help salespeople excel, he provided a few stories and permission to use them. And one of them fits perfectly here to illustrate the true results of long-term thinking when selling. I'm so glad that he thought enough of me to, 
to share this story and give me permission to to add it in my book. And I can't remember if I shared it with you, but the dedication in the front of this book was was was, was to his father, Matt Lynott. And I said, uh, to all of those who choose to sell with integrity, in memory of a true sales professional, Matt Lynott. And that's the dedication in, in front of this book. But I want to read the story that he shared with me that I chose to put in this chapter right here. And, and I'm, I'm glad he did because he made the book better and he made the chapter better. And, and I'll tell you the way his dad sold, he made the world a better place. So here goes the story. I'm going to just read it as it is. I'm not going to add anything to it so I don't mess it up. And I, I may say something after I'm done, but I'll make clear that you know when I'm done. So here, this is this is from Steve Lynott about his father, the story he shared. He said, Steve said, My dad, Matt Lynott, raised eight kids as a straight commission salesman for 46 years. Dad sold yearbooks and class rings to high schools in northern Pennsylvania from the late 1940s to the mid-1990s. His career outlasted the founder of the company. He sold to yearbook advisors, many of whom he became good friends with over the years. One advisor had been a client for over 30 years. Dad dad sold well into his 70s, and competitors often used this against him. This, And I'm saying right now, there's, there's a sub-quote in here of what they would say. Matt's getting up there. He doesn't understand the new technology. His ideas are no longer fresh. We're just a few of the jabs. This advisor listened to one of the young, talented competitors and said, Son, I like your company. I like you. I like your product. I want you to come back and see me when you see Matt Lynott's name in the obituaries. And and that ends that little story from Steve. That's pretty powerful right there. They come in, you know, these, these... Amateur salespeople, they're trying to get uh, Mr. Matt, Mr. Matt's business. They they telling his customers, oh, Matt's getting up there. You know, they talking about him being old because he was in his 70s. Hey, you know, Matt, he don't understand the new technology, they were saying. Oh, Matt's ideas, they, they ain't no long, they're no longer fresh. Their character was trying to undercut Matt just to get the business. They're going to go in there and bash the other salesman. That, that, that right there, for anybody who understands what high character looks like, they know that's low character. So anybody with high character don't want to hear that mess. But the person he's talking to, I love what he said. I got to say it again. He, he's trying to undercut Matt to sell to this guy. The guy says, son, I like your company. I like you. I like your product. I want you to come back and see me when you see Matt Lynott's name. Lynott's name in the obituaries. In other words, this is Mac Story talking now. In other words, if Matt's alive, you ain't got a chance. You got to wait till he passes. Then you come see me, and then we can talk about it. That's pretty powerful. He still didn't say he was going to buy from him. He just basically said, 
I don't want to see you till Matt's no longer in the picture. Matt had, had built friends. Matt built trust. Matt sold with a high degree of character, and it's obvious. Matt's another guy. I never got to meet Mr. Matt. But I guarantee you, he, he and Carl, they were aligned with all these principles I'm teaching in this book. That's how they got the results they got. So as usual, usual, I want to share with you the, the seller beware points at the end of this chapter. There's three of them. I'm reading them directly from the book. Seller beware, point number one. Remember, too, we're talking about long-term thinking. Th or, excuse me, the chapter title is actually Think Long-Term. Same thing, but worded separate, differently. Think long-term. Seller beware, point number one. Your best strategy for short-term selling is long-term thinking. All sales puppet scripts focus only on the short term. Seller beware, point number two. You're better off to treat each buyer as an individual. Listen to them. There is no one-size-fits-all script. Seller beware, point number three. Don't sacrifice your long-term success. Short-term sales puppet scripts benefit the company most, not you. So that completes those three seller beware points at the end of the chapter. But I'm going to just touch on that last point a little bit. Don't sacrifice your long-term success. And then I said the last sentence, second part of that seller beware point number three. Short-term sales puppet scripts benefit the company most, not you. Those scripts... Most of the places where you find where sales people are training the new sales, you know, like sales managers or senior sales folks are training the new sales people on the script where they got to, they got to just spend so much time memorizing this script and, and the sales manager, or whoever the boss is going to ride around with them and model it for them. Then they're going to ride around with them and make sure they've learned it and they do it exactly. Everything got to be exactly to the script. Most of those places have high turnover in salespeople. And those leaders, they don't care. They don't care how much turnover they get. All they care is that the people who are working there, are they following that script? Because they're focused on the short term. They, they ain't worried about those salespeople long term, meaning they can't keep a job. They just worried about going in, manipulating these people with the psychology that that they've put into to scripting something so that it will manipulatively influence someone to make a purchase. All, there's all kind of stuff goes into that. Some people, some companies, they pay a lot of money to develop that script, to manipulate somebody into buying. So they, 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 their goal ain't to keep the salesperson a job. Their goal ain't to get to salesperson long-term sales. Their goal is to get as many short-term sales as they can get through manipulation. They got all the credit deals that's going to put people in debt so hard that they're going to be needy and greedy. They got all this stuff to get you sucked into the sale. And they are the folks on those scripts that really learn it, they're the wizards. 
And those who value that the most, they become the sales managers. They're the ones with the sales puppets. And you can tell, you know, you're a buyer. You've been places and you've bought. You know when they put that sales script on you. You know it, they lose trust right off the bat. But they're so good, some of them, that they're going to reel you in. You may have been reeled in before. If you've, been, if you've purchased from one of them and then you had that uh, buyer's remorse later, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But the goal of my series on this book, Who's Buying You Until You Sell Yourself, You Won't Sell Much, is to help people who are professional sales folks not to be the bad sales folks, to be, to be the good ones, to be the good ones that people are going to talk about, that are going to represent your, your company, your organization, your brand, your products, your service, your profession in a positive light. People love those kind of salespeople. And you know because you're a buyer. So my challenge to you at the end of this podcast, if you're in professional sales, think long term. Because you want them to buy from you again, not just once. If you leave and you go to another competitor, you want them to follow you to that competitor because they like you more than they like the product. Hope you got value out of today's episode. Hope you share it. Hope you subscribe to it. I don't monetize my podcast unless they make me. One day I might have to. So far I haven't had to. But I appreciate you sharing any of the episodes you actually like. Share links to them on social media. Tell your friends, your family, your coworkers about it. I just want to help people. The way you can help me help people is tell people about the podcast. Tell them about the Blue Collar Leadership YouTube channel. And on that channel... It ain't just me, it's me and Rhea. Most often it's us talking together about some subject and we'll be putting some live videos on LinkedIn and then we'll be storing them there so there'll be some longer videos and some shorter videos. Either way, think long-term. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others, now available on audio, along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.